When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I was thinking all about those Fritos in the ta- in the situation of having that walking taco again. Yeah. But Fritos instead of Doritos is, was turned on to us yesterday yeah. with chili. Oh, my God. I'm trying to figure out what this rejoin music is. It's basically it's showing that whoever came up with the idea for the walking taco had to be high when they did. Okay, no that, doubt. That's, that's the idea. There's no question about and it. And listening to Bob Marley at the time. Well. That's debatable. Yeah. Yeah. That is also, that's debatable. Mm, yeah. Depends where they came up with it. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, (laughs) and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are starting with a bit of breaking news from our guy, Ed Werder, who uh, put this tweet out just in the last few minutes regarding the Dallas Cowboys and their interest in Odell Beckham. This is 13 minutes ago, to be exact. Werder Ed ESPN on Twitter. The Cowboys have concerns after Odell Beckham Jr.'s physical that his recovery from a torn left ACL in the Super Bowl has not progressed enough to ensure that he would play before mid-January and the possibility exists signing him would have no benefit until 2023. Well, before we get to more on it, let's just listen to Jerry this morning on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, basically enlightening us a little bit on that front. And he was asked, if he is he confident in signing Odell Beckham Jr. from a medical perspective? Well, I'm not confident at all. And so uh, that's the issue. Now, we all realize uh, that issue of health, that issue of availability is here every time. This one is uh, very obvious and very pointed toward his injury that had occurred last year in the Super Bowl. So uh, we've got a good beat on that. We've got a great read on his career. It's not like a draft pick coming at you. You've got a lot of history here, and you take a good look at everything. We've got to come in with our eyes wide open, and it has to be addressed. And that's when you see if you can uh, make a deal or not. It's 10 months ago. And to expect him to be able to walk in the door and be the same player he was before that injury in the Super Bowl, when, when frankly, when he was playing the Super Bowl, he wasn't 100% to begin with. Like, that was a concern that something like that could happen. Yeah, but nobody's 100% when you're playing in a Super Bowl. Take no, it but me. I mean, yeah. the concerns around that knee. No, I, I got you. And that's the issue with Odell, right? You're talking about multiple knee reconstructions. So the 10-month time period, although you might say the return to sport within that time frame is reasonable, you have to factor in all the major injuries that Odell has had. He had the knee reconstruction in Cleveland. He had the ankle surgery, so another lower body injury when he was with the New York Giants. So at some point, that starts to take a toll. And when you consider that he's on the wrong side of 30, you question his recovery time in comparison to someone like Michael Gallup, who tore his ACL in early January and came back in week four of this year's regular season. So you're talking about early October. So I think there is legitimate reason for concern for Jerry, but we also have to keep in mind, before Odell made his visit to Dallas, Jerry's position was, you know, looking for reasons to do the deal, 
not looking for reasons not to do the deal. So it, it's it's interesting now that they've had an opportunity to look at him from the medical standpoint and had a chance to visit with them that he was raised these kind of concerns after being so bullish in trying to recruit Odell for the better part of the last month. Well, we see him last night and continuing to go through the whole tour bit. He's courtside at the Mavericks game. Which is what you're supposed to do, Carl. Yeah. No, you're I supposed know. to get players, everybody within the organization to mobilize to try to make this guy feel good about joining this franchise. Yeah, but at this point, it doesn't feel like the franchise necessarily wants him if he can't help them this year. And I get that. Listen, I get that Odell wants to put down roots and be somewhere long-term, and this is clearly why he'd prefer to sign uh, a multi-year deal as opposed to just another one-year deal, because if you can't help him right now and you can't prove yourself, like, what's the point? You well, know? well, the point is, from Odell's standpoint, is to leverage the potential to impact a Super Bowl run versus the long-term security that he's looking for. Yeah. That's what it ultimately comes down to, because if he can't play in games then how does he improve his standing when it comes to free agency in the middle of March? He doesn't. you know. And so I think this is a situation now where he's trying to take advantage of teams that are looking for an infusion of talent when it comes to weapons in their skill position core. And right now we know who those teams are, Carlin. The Buffalo Bills, they're looking for help in their skill position core. The Dallas Cowboys, they're looking for help. The New York Giants, they're desperate for a wide receiver. So Odell is trying to leverage his potential in coming back and impacting a playoff run versus the long-term security that him and his family is looking for. Look, if he can't help me right now, I why am I going to bring him in? Well, you don't know that. You don't know that. That's the No, thing. but if, you, if you the doctors are that. telling me medically right now, this is not a situation where he's going to help before the end of this year or the middle of January, I, I can't justify bringing him in at that point. If I want to talk about for next year, okay, well, well, that's here, fine. Here's, what's tr- here's what he's trying to do, Carlin. He's I don't try- blame him for trying, trying to do this. He's trying to create urgency with sure. one of these title contenders to do the deal now in hopes that in a couple of weeks he can be on the field and get ready for a playoff run. That's what he's trying to do. But I get exactly where the Dallas Cowboys are coming from. I know Dr. Cooper and Britt Brown and Jim Maurer, the entire medical staff down there. They're going to do their due diligence. Coming out of college, I had a major knee reconstruction, and they did their due diligence. They will tell Jerry whether or not this guy is going to have a realistic shot at being able to help them this season. And based on their medical reports and their opinion from their experience, I think Jerry will have – all the information that he needs to make the decision. But if Jerry and the Cowboys decide not to do the deal, then I have serious doubts that Odell can help anybody this season and impact their playoff chances or their title aspirations. Does that sound at all to you right now like Odell's going to be playing for someone this year? No. Me too. No. I don't think it's happening. No. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. And if the playoffs were to begin today... The team that the Dallas Cowboys would be playing would be the team that won last night, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, it was a brutal 57 minutes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was 57 minutes of football that felt like six weeks. Yeah. And uh, I, we talked yesterday about hate watching a game. I despise watch that game. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. It was so bad throughout. But then Brady did his thing at the end. And he, as you pointed out yesterday, there is just never a time that you can rule out any team that he is on because of that ability. Having said all of that, nothing last night changed my overall view 
of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think that they are a team that, even if they get to the postseason, and I, and I certainly think they will by winning that division, I don't see them doing very much at all. Here's what I'll say. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that you can never rule out Tom Brady anytime he has an opportunity at the end of a game. The operative word being time. He shouldn't have had that time, Carlin. He shouldn't have had that time. No, he shouldn't have. I mean, really, when you look at Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints, there's no world in which it's okay not to force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to use all of their timeouts on your penultimate drive. It's absolutely ridiculous, Carlin. The second to last drive for the New Orleans Saints, they got the ball first and 10 on the minus 47-yard line. So midfield, Carlin, and they only used a minute 33 of game clock in which they didn't force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to use one timeout. Now, they got the ball with less than seven minutes to go. Carlin, they called a run play to Alvin Kamara. They don't want to get two yards out of that. Okay, I understand that. They call a passing play. They hit Mark Ingram in the flat. He runs out of bounds. Yeah. Short of the line of gain. <laughs> so I don't, even know, down, I don't even know how do you explain that. Get, forget about getting the first down. Stay in bounds. Yeah. How about let's start with that. Then you follow that up with an incomplete pass to Marquez Callaway, a guy you ain't targeted the whole game? How does that even make sense? That's that's my point, Carlin. They had three plays, nine yards, only used up a minute and a half of game clock. And the Bucks are down by 13 points. How do you do that? That is completely unacceptable. And to me, that is a fireable offense. Now, that being said, there is the greatness of Tom Brady. Because mm-hmm. you get the ball back with five and a half minutes to go. And you have back-to-back drives, double-digit play drives, Carlin. And you're talking about Tom Brady marching 91 yards in one drive and 63 yards in the other drive, and in both drives, taking up less than two and a half minutes a game clock. Wildly impressive that Tom Brady was able to do that, Carlin. And people ask the question, is Tom Brady washed? Is he not washed? All you got to do is look at those two drives, and you know Tom Brady ain't washed. No, he's not I mean, Carlin, in the two drives, the, 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 the second to last drive, Tom Brady was 6-9, 55 yards in a touchdown. The last drive, Tom Brady was 8 of 10, 63 yards, touchdown. Think about that. How many quarterbacks do you trust in that moment to be down by 13 points? Damn near two touchdowns. How many quarterbacks do you trust with five and a half minutes to go and a couple of timeouts to be able to pull that off? Uh, Not many. Exactly. And so when we start trying to project what the ceiling is for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, we have to acknowledge the reality of the situation, which is they are going to win the NFC South. They are going to host a home playoff game on Wild Card Weekend. You can't discount the greatness of Tom Brady, no matter how inferior the rest of the team looks. Can can we just go through, though, and acknowledge what you started with? And that was how badly the Saints screwed this up. And how bad of a position they put themselves in against the greatest of all time. The Saints, they're bad. <laughs> they're bad. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Chris, the Cowboys are not a bad team. The Cowboys, as much as we saw what we saw at the beginning of the postseason last year when mm-hmm. they lost to the 49ers, I don't think that's happening again. 
not against an inferior football team. And make no mistake, I know what happened in week one. Okay. The Cowboys are a much more superior football team to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right we remember now. what happened in week one last year, too, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I know. Okay. I know. But, and you've told me this before, too. A team's different in week one than they are in week 12, week 13, week 14. Sure. Teams improve over the course of the season, but there are some teams that are just a bad matchup. Remember, last night's game, it looked like a runaway for the first 55 minutes, right? Yep. Because the Saints, who can't beat anybody, we're up 16-3 to against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And the Saints, up until last night, had won four of the six previous matchups against the, the Tom Bucks. Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So there are just some teams that are bad matchups for others. And I think that's the situation with the Dallas Cowboys facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, here's the one thing that I will say is the equalizer. I don't know what this year's Bucks team is going to be with Todd Bowles as the head coach once they get to the postseason. Because we got to remember, Todd Bowles, even though he had previous head coaching experience, the playoffs is new learning for him. He never took his team to the playoffs. In 2015, he got his team to Week 17, and they lost a road game in the division that kept him out. But I don't know what Tampa can be in the postseason because I can't give this coaching staff the benefit of the doubt, and there are too many situations that we point to this year where we say the Bucks came up short because of coaching. That being said... I don't necessarily have the most the utmost confidence in Mike McCarthy either. I don't have the utmost confidence in Dak Prescott either. So I just this is one of those situations where I just think Tom Brady, if he has that specific matchup, could be the thing that keeps Jerry Jones from being able to get a title this year. But can we agree on this? When it comes to Brady and the offense that is around him, outside of what happened in those last two minutes, at the very least, Brady is at a point where the the weapons that he has offensively, they should be more productive than they are. Mm. They should be. Mike Evans and Brady, for whatever reason, have had this problem where they haven't connected nearly enough. Well, he didn't throw him the ball the entire first quarter last night. I, I know. I know. But, like, why is that? So is it Brady not at this point being as much of a force multiplier as he used to be? Or is it just a combination of all of the above? This Brady Bucks offense does not feel like it is one of those um, one of those offenses that can really just go up and down the field on you when they need to. No, no, but they did last night though, Carlin. They late, did last late night. in the game. They, they did. did last night, and that's the thing that I, I I I struggle with in terms of trying to evaluate what this team is now. Listen, I, I'm not going to say the New Orleans Saints are world beaters on defense, but, they but they're are, not terrible. But they are 11th in total defense yeah. in the National Football League. So they're not a bad defense. And Tom Brady, in less than two and a half minutes in both two final drives, I, I just he was able to get it done. He was able to drive the length of the field with his team. Now, he had the benefit of a huge pass interference call while targeting one of his tight ends that put the ball at the goal line on that last drive. But I mean, listen, you got to give credit where credit is due. He was the one that made the plays when they needed to be made. And what do I say about competitive greatness, Carlin? Being at your best when your best is required, and that is Tom Brady to a T. When we start talking about players that do that in the annals of NFL history, I don't know that you can point to one player that does it better than Tom Brady at the end of games. And so I think that's one of the things that we have to acknowledge, especially when it comes to being able to win playoff football. Sometimes, Carlin, it ain't about stepping your game up. 
It's just about not falling off when it comes to specific situations when the pressure and the intensity is at its greatest. And I think that's what we saw from the New Orleans Saints at the end of that game. That was a meltdown that opened the door for Tom Brady and the Bucks to steal that one in the division. And that's what it was. It was it was a theft. They absolutely they stole, stole the game, and that was because the Saints left the door open. Yeah, but and, didn't the Dallas Cowboys leave the door open for the San Francisco 49ers last year? Mm-hmm. I mean, did. yeah. I mean, didn't the Dallas Cowboys in 2016? It uh, happened. It was Dak's rookie year. Left the door open, and Aaron Rodgers completes that pass to Jared Cook, and away we go. Uh, here's that, what I'm, that happened. All but, I'm simply saying is there's a history with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys right, where and, they come up short in the postseason because they leave the door open for other teams to win it. Yes, and last night's game, no matter what your defense had done against him all night long, you still know who's on the other sideline, and you still have to do everything possible, and that means killing the clock at proper times to make sure he does not have the chance to break your heart again. And Chris, to me, that's great that he was able to do it in that moment. And that's why you can't ever rule them out completely. I will take, though, the bigger sample of what the Bucks have been this year offensively. Mm-hmm. And that is the team that's averaging 18 points a game. I hear you, Carlin. And I get that Bill Parcells, once upon a time, says you are what your record says you are. But I was on a team that was 9-7 and seven and won the Super Bowl. To date, the only team not to win double-digit games to win a Super Bowl. So it can happen. And when you have Tom Brady under center, you give yourself a chance. And, and, you know, you always say this about clutch athletes, Carlin, and I'll give you credit. If the guy's dead, show me the body. Yeah. If Tom Brady in the Bucs season is dead, show me the body. Because right now, they're in the pole position in their division. They're going to host a home playoff game. And and, And it would take an epic collapse for that not to happen. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We want you to be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Are the Bucks still a team that you believe can make a run in the postseason Assuming they get, they win the division, which is, I mean, honestly, winning the division. I, I if I were the Bucks, I don't know if I'd even hang the banner for winning the division. <laughs> this is not, this is not exactly a major achievement on their part. But that is on the table for you, as is what we were talking about earlier: the Cowboys and Odell Beckham and the concerns that exist from his health. Should a team sign Odell if he cannot help them this year? It's all on the table. Canty and Carlin, we are just getting start started on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time 
or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? On second down and five, it's the option, and Jones will keep it right up the middle, and he popped up the football. At the 47-yard line, Daniel Jones has fumbled. Jonathan Allen knocked it out, waiting for an indication from the officials, and there it is. It's Commander's football. Steve Levy on ESPN Radio this past Sunday. Giants and Commanders, as we know, ended in a tie but Jonathan Allen, for my money, is one of the more underrated players in the NFL and a dynamic force on the defensive line. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The commander's defensive tackle joins us right now. Jonathan, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. We appreciate a few minutes. Have you ever had a game end in a tie before, and what was that like? <laughs> no, it was my first one. Um, first of all, I appreciate you guys for having me. No, it was, it was it was weird. That's something that you don't really expect to happen in your career. Um, it was kind of weird. God didn't really know how to fill on both sides. Um, so luckily we get to see him in a couple of weeks and get to run that rematch back. So definitely looking forward to actually having a uh, to, chance to win this game now, you know. Absolutely, and it'll be in your home stadium. So you got your bye week, you'll get a chance to rest up, and then you can refresh that game plan from from a couple of weeks ago and uh, get ready to get a win in the division. But, Jonathan, I want to ask you about this role that you guys have been on. I mean, you've only lost one of your last eight games, and, and really that's been with Taylor Heineke at the helm as your quarterback. Tell me the difference that he's made since he's been under center and what's that meant for you guys on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, man, we're just playing really cohesive as a unit. I think offense is running the ball really effectively, which limits how much exposure the defense has out there. And the less time we're out on the field, the more fresh we are going out there, the faster we can play, the better we can play. So it goes hand-in-hand. I think this run is really due to our offense really getting things going and making our job so much easier. Jonathan Allen joining us, the commander's defensive lineman on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Ron Rivera, you know, early in the year, Coming under some fire, he was brought in to change the culture. You guys have obviously played a whole lot better of late. Uh, tell me about his impact on this team and how it responds to him. Man, he doesn't. He he's been through so much as a player, as a person, as a coach. When you have a guy like that in your locker room in your huddle, 
who's beaten cancer and who hasn't missed any time. And, I mean, it, it makes it easy to want to play hard for a guy like that. So I think just the values and just all the intangibles that you really can't put your finger on that he's brought to this team makes the, makes the world difference for us. Jonathan, last year you made your first Pro Bowl. What would it mean for you to make another Pro Bowl this season? It would mean a lot. Anytime you get a chance and an opportunity to be voted amongst your peers and the fans are one of the top guys in the league, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity to play in my second Pro Bowl, God willing. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. You know, as this team pushes toward the playoffs, Tell me what is the difference between the Washington Commanders making it to the postseason and falling short? I think it's us doing the little things right. You know, when you play football, meaningful football in late December, early January, you can't be making simple mistakes. You can't be having blown coverages. You can't allow the quarterback to get out the pocket. So it's really the little things that determine if you win or lose that are going to make the difference instead if we're going to get in the playoffs or not. Jonathan, I mean, having grown up just down the street from the commander's facility in Ashburn, Virginia, what has it been like to play professionally in a place that you know so well? It's cool, man. It's, it's literally one of those things that you don't. I don't even think I could even have written a better story for myself. Just going to high school in the area, growing up, going to the Redskins training camps, being here when we first signed Donovan McNabb, when we first had RG3, and I was able to be a part of that. It's something that's truly special, and and appreciate it while I'm in the moment. How ticked off were you the other day when Alabama was not in the top four? <laughs> Do we deserve <laughs> to be in? No. We don't deserve to be in. That's not the criteria. The criteria is the best four teams. And if we're going to go by that logic, if we play TC at a neutral site and your life depends on 90% of people are going to be Alabama or TCU. Not to mention, TCU does have a lot, a lot of things that I'm like, mm, I don't know. But I wasn't too mad because at the end of the day, we, we're not because of what we did. You know what I mean? You don't lose LSU when you're in. Simple. So, I mean, obviously, it's in there, but we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Talking to Washington Commanders, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen on Canty and Carlin. And Jonathan... You're a team captain. Earlier this offseason, there were some statements made by your defensive coordinator, um, Jack Del Rio. There also has been a lot of noise surrounding owner Dan Snyder and what's been happening with the franchise, things that are outside of the control of the players in the locker room. How have you guys blocked out all of the outside noise and focused on the task at hand, which is playing and winning football games? I don't I mean you kinda of said it, it's all outside noise. Nothing that's going on inside. Obviously we had some people make some comments. It is what it is. We're here to play football and we're here to do a job. And that's what we get paid to do. So, I mean for some people on the outside maybe it might be the but for the guys in the locker room, you can try to handle distractions. So, I mean that's just what we do. Jonathan, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck. I know you got your bye week this week. Enjoy it, and then right back against the Giants, as you were talking about. Appreciate you guys for having me. Jonathan Allen of the Commanders, and uh, his phone was breaking up a little bit, so we wanted yeah. to just uh, cut it a little bit short just in case. But yeah. he is a guy that when I look at the Commanders and the just the mere fact that they are where they are, it is because of him and Deron Payne. Mm-hmm. I think those two have had a massive impact on, let's call it what it is, since they drafted Chase Young, this is supposed to be the best defensive line in all of football. 
mm-hmm. and he's been banged up. Uh, I don't think he was quite at the level that they would have expected right away, mm-hmm. but he still has a chance. But, I mean, you think about Sweat, everybody that they've had there, that is a dynamic group. And I, I, I feel like Allen, even though he got the big contract, still doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. No, he doesn't. And here's the other thing about that group, Carlin. They're going to add Chase Young on the other side of the bye week. Yeah. So good luck with that defensive front and trying to block that up in six-man protections. But one of the things that's underrated about Jonathan Allen is his leadership intangibles, man. I mean, that last question that I asked him, there's a legitimate, there's a legitimate, uh, you know, I guess there's you have to put stock in him as a leader. I guess that's the best way to say it because of all of the things that this franchise has been dealing with in just this calendar year. Think about it. You're, you've traded for another quarterback. You had a situation where the defensive coordinator had some off-color comments. You've had the situation with Dan Snyder and and that investigation or the multiple investigations and things being ongoing. And yet, all this team does is go out there and continue to win football games. To me, that is a reflection of the leadership in that locker room. And Jonathan Allen has been a leader since he got there in 2017, not to mention a damn good player. Carlin, he ranks eighth in interior pass rush win rate in the National Football League. He's got seven and a half sacks as a defensive tackle. That's hard to do. And so for this guy that's been highly productive and no nonsense, I think it sets a good example for everybody else on that team. And I think that's why you've seen a shift in this team's culture and their ability to hit their stride in the middle of the season. And that's why I think the commanders down the stretch is going to be one of those teams that nobody wants to play because their physicality, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I meant to ask you this before. Commanders aside, back to last night for a second. Mm. Were you as annoyed with the Bucks as I was throughout the night based on the fact that we had a nice little parlay coming together? Oh, we did. I mean, Chris, we did. they're three-point favorites against a bad football team. Yeah. And you gotta you, you got to do all that work to come back. I mean, we, we talked about the game itself. That's fine. Mm. How did it screw us over is more important. And, and honestly, in the moment... I, I wanted the Bucks to just go ahead and, and lose. Yeah. As opposed to coming back, winning, and then winning by one point. Or, you know, was it suck up? Go miss the extra point. Yeah. That wouldn't kill you. We go to overtime. Yeah. Maybe somebody wins on the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was upset too. I mean, listen, I'm always rooting for me. I'm rooting yes. for us. More so than I'm rooting for the Bucks or the Saints. And last night... A couple of things ticked me off. The fact that the Bucks won the game when they didn't help us with the parlay. Yeah. And then the fact that Tom Brady decided not to throw Mike Evans the ball in the first quarter at all. At all. What the hell is that? I don't know. You, you, you we had, had Mike a Evans six, over five foot. wide receiver. Throw him the football. I mean, just the mere fact that Mike Evans' catch count or catch over under was four and a half was, should have been a steal to begin with. Yeah. That should have been over by second quarter. Yeah. No. Yeah, it bothered me too. I'm with you on that one. But that's the Tampa Bay Bucks, man. You can't depend on them. You can't bet against them. No. No, you can't. <laughs> that's the problem with the Bucks. Well, it, it, we need to start living more and more by my motto on this show. What's that? You screw me, I don't forget. <laughs> yeah, but we had to have a parlay with Monday Night Football. I know. Or are you going to bet on the Saints? Maybe I don't bet on the, the, the Bucks to win. Maybe I find something, you know. Something well, thank else. Thank God we didn't go with the over. It no, was we 41 going, points. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Kathy and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. He's doing it to us again, in case you didn't know. He's doing it to us again. What am I talking about? <laughs> You're going to find out right after I tell you about FanDuel. Football season. 
we are right in the beautiful middle of it. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, so easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today, promo code PLAY, for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. one 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo. Dude can't help himself. Aaron Rodgers, that is. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is your Dr. Pepper call-in number. Canty, um, earlier today, a bit of a no-show was Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, uh, which, as we know, is... Just incredibly surprising Yeah, uh, on his usual Tuesday spot. Uh, even Pat apparently did not know that he wasn't coming on. And what does it lead to? It leads to discussion about Aaron Rodgers and his future that had really started over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it kind of heated up even more over the weekend. Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, uh, was asked about the plan for Aaron to stay in Green Bay long term. We made a big commitment to him this offseason. So that was obviously, you know, something that was really important to us. But like we've talked about in, in, in the past, I mean, this is something we'll sit down with him after the season and it'll be something we do together and, and move forward that way. In other words, we don't know what he's thinking and we'll try to figure it out as it goes along. Yeah. We have no idea what he wants. And so Aaron doesn't show up today. And normally a guy doesn't show up for that kind of thing. Eh, all right, no big deal. Yeah. With him, it's always something, and it makes me think that he just doesn't want to address this anymore now or draw more attention to it. Well, yeah, people are going to brush it off and say, well, Aaron Rodgers, it's the Packers' bye week. He's probably off on an ayahuasca journey or something like that, <laughs> a Panchakarma cleanse in the middle of the season. I don't know, but here's the thing. It's always something with this dude, and I think the conversation now starts to become a little more real about what the Packers are going to do with their plan at quarterback for the remainder of the season. They got four more games left, Carlin. This would be the perfect opportunity for the franchise to transition to Jordan Love 
because in all reality, you're not going to make the postseason. See what Jordan Love is or isn't so you can formulate your plan at the quarterback position long term. I think that's the thing that that's probably a little bit uncomfortable for all involved, including Aaron Rodgers. And I get it. Everybody thinks that Aaron Rodgers is holding all the cards. But the reality is that the Green Bay Packers could make the decision to trade Aaron Rodgers after this season. It's not unlike it's not it's not like we haven't seen a precedent for this in the past. We saw it once upon a time with Jared Goff. The Los Angeles Rams moved off of him and they ate something like $25 million in dead money. The Philadelphia Eagles, after they paid Carson Wentz shortly thereafter, moved off of him, ate $34 million in dead money. Teams have done this in the past. Now, if Green Bay wanted to trade Aaron Rodgers, it would be a $40 million dead cap hit if they traded him before June 1. If they traded him after June 1, it would be a $15 million cap hit. So Green Bay has some options depending on what direction they want to lean with the quarterback spot. And also keep this in mind. They have to make a decision about Jordan Love's fifth-year option in 2023. They need more information before they're going to guarantee a guy $20 million on a fifth-year option. That's why you have to put Jordan Love in in regular season games to see what he is so you can make a determination on what you're going to do with that option and what you're going to do with Aaron Rodgers. Well, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers holding all the cards, it's because the Packers have given it to him. Yeah. And they can't rip him back out of his hand. At least they haven't. I shouldn't say they can't. They have chosen not to so far. At some point in this offseason, I think it comes to that. If you play Jordan Love and decide, you know what, let's move forward with him and let's go in another direction and trade Aaron Rodgers. Just do it and it's like ripping the Band-Aid off, man. Suck it up for a year with the cap and move on. Because you are not winning with Aaron Rodgers in the next year or two. So why are you paying him $50 million Exactly. Exactly. Let somebody else do it. And for Aaron, I'm sorry, he should want to be somewhere else for a better chance. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.